As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Start and nobody will know just for that. Well, you did that to us last week. I don't know what the difference is. That's true. I think it's more fun that way. Then you guys aren't sure if it's live or not. And... Yeah, you know what's not? Yeah, and I think it is live right now. It says that it's live. Oh, see, that ruins ha, the whole surprise. Ha, see, mine says live, too. You can't fool us, Dice. Hey, Denae, where's your uh, school bus? My school bus is over here. But actually, it's a bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> That was so Brian Regan, but actually, it's a bookshelf. That's right. It duplicates as a bookshelf. It's amazing. Well, welcome to episode four of The Critic, The Geek, and The Girl, and uh, the conversation is already underway. We're going to chat about some uh, some fun stuff, including the Lego ma- uh, the Lego movie this time, uh, which, by the way, that came out, like, what, like, uh, over a week ago, so, like, a week and a half ago, but uh, since we do this every two weeks, uh, probably in the midst of that time, I figure it's the best thing uh, the best movie that came out for us to chat about, so I wanted to do that. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Everything is awesome. Everything yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Well, well, Aaron, you uh, you gave me a chance to go to the theater three times, so I'm really prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, and I hope you don't mind. Jason really wanted to join us on the Lego Movie Review. I totally get that. That is that is fine. I've got boys here at home because it's the holiday as well, and I'm sure they would uh, they'd love to comment. I, on the other hand, don't trust them. So, oh, well, that's awkward moment. Yeah. Let's carry on, shall we? So, uh, how about we go? How about we cut to the? Uh, we'll see you later, pal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like quick, quick, change screens. Quick, quick to the theme song. I know the critic. He's legit. Um, there's the geek. <laughs> I can't do it today. My voice hurts too much. Okay. Oh, I guess uh, I shouldn't say my voice. I should say my throat. I would sing it for you. I remember it, but I also thought I think about it's the geek. His brain don't quit. That's right. The girl, she's, she's a perfect, perfect fit. fit. That's right. It's the critic, the geek, and the girl. That's what it was. All I can remember is the first one. All I can ever remember is, you know, stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we will kick it off, um, and I think there's supposed to be yeah. We got the Q and A enabled here, so if you do have questions. You can certainly leave those for us. Uh, we've already got plenty to choose from. Uh, we will get to those for sure by the end. Uh, we'll get to as many as we can. 
But I wanted to start off this time, uh, you may know with uh, my Your Movie Friend reviews, at the end of each review I do a best ever challenge. And what this is, is I say name the best movie ever, and then I give a category, and so people can kind of say their favorite movie ever in a certain category. But then I also give little hints to mine, and I give away a point, that's right, one point for every review that I do. And I had somebody ask me recently if I actually do give away points and keep track, and the answer was no, but I am now. So I went back through all the videos that I have uh, given points on, and I actually do have a running tally Whoa. of who is winning that that we can I talk have one about. point. I have one point. And, and Captain Logan has one point. So oh, I have two a point? Are, cool. You two are tied. Yes. So, you know, a little bit of a battle going between you two. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was going to look back through the ones from the past couple weeks, because some people also ask the ones that don't get answered, you know, where do we find out the answers to those kind of things. So uh, we can at least do uh, do those. Um, let's see. Bill Favorite Bill Murray movie, and I said the hint was it uh, makes me laugh every time I hear somebody say they want peace and quiet, which I think we know is What About Bob? Yeah, I totally Wow, I haven't seen that movie since I was like nine, Aaron. Wow. Yeah, SM, uh, SMX Wing got that one. Uh, I'm just realizing now I didn't I don't have like the totals listed here for um, the point totals, but I will give a, an estimate on those. Uh, and then my favorite vampire movie, I said mine has uh, one. We of the all know former, it's Twilight. Move on. Okay, yeah, good point. No, it's not. Uh, had one of the uh, former members of the um, one of the former drivers of the TARDIS in it, which is referring to David Tennant, who was in. Fright Night. Fright Night! Ah, I was on the tip of my tongue. Oh, that, he was going to get it. So that's... I, I have a hard time calling that, like, best vampire movie ever, but it's pretty freaking good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a decent remake. I thought it was. Uh, and then yeah. for the... Uh, and this was my question with my Lego movie review. The movie that used imagination, uh, the movie about imagination that's the best movie ever. And for me, I said it starts with a baseball video game, and this is the one today got the point on. Oh, look, and here's my sweet dog joining me. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yes, I won that point. Yes, that was my point. You, you said baseball video game? Yes, it starts with a, a shot of a baseball video game. I want to apologize in advance for the dogs that are going to be wrestling here in a moment. Just, <laughs> guys, no. Uh-uh. I, I don't know it right off. Carry on. Really? It's The Princess Bride. Remember? Oh, yeah. He's there and he's playing the little video game. Uh, that's another movie I haven't seen in years and years and years. It's one of those movies that everybody thinks is better than sliced bread, and I think it's pretty good, but I, like, never mm. understood. I do love sliced bread, so <laughs> that is tough. I, can you imagine a world without mm. sliced bread? No, no. Let's pause. Let's pause Nor for can I imagine ponder. a world without the Princess Bride, so. Mm. Fair enough. Oh, right. no. It's great. It's funny. I will tell you, um, Kimku2290 got two points of the four this week, and the other two are still up for grabs. And that, I believe, puts her right in close lead with Jack B. Nimble. Both of them have uh, right around nine or ten points since this started. Uh, and so they've been, they've been doing it. There's go. others that have SMS. Has uh, several points, uh, um, and a few others. Charlotte Sophia SF has several points, so there are several that are kind of in this battle. And also, every month, uh, I think maybe I'll kind of keep track monthly too, so you can start a new month and try to try to get those. Here are the two that have already been answered. See if you can get these for this week. Um, best movie ever set in Detroit, which was in my RoboCop review. 
Uh, and my hint was, mine, since it's the Motown, mine is actually also the name of a car. Cadillac. No. For 500. Mm-mm. You got one, Captain Logan? Huh. Monte Carlo. Gran Torino. Oh, yeah, I was close. Torino is my favorite movie set in Detroit. Oh, so uh, cool. I've never seen that, so I didn't know it was set in Detroit. Oh, it's so good. Kim Koo got that one. And then the other one she got was my favorite Russell Crowe movie, and I said, mine includes the time I pick up my boys from school in it. I've, I stopped listening because one time my dogs were trying to do something over in the corner. I'm so sorry. Uh, could you ask the question again? I'm sorry. Favorite Russell Crowe movie, and mine has um, the time I pick up my voice from school in it, in the title. That would be 310 to Yuma. Cryptic. Well done. Yeah, that's... Really? That's a yeah. That's is a really that the one with the train? It's a yes. great clue. I just didn't uh-huh. see that movie. There you I know I get there eventually. I'm a little off today. Sorry. Uh, the two up. And that's why you're the critic and I'm the geek, pal. That's like, right. That's right. And I just see some stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are two still up for for grabs, including my favorite uh, unintentional uh, comedy movie, which is a movie where you laugh and they really weren't wanting you to laugh. Uh, and then that's the other. That's always awkward. Uh huh. And then the other is my favorite rom com of all time, best ever rom-com. So if you want to take a guess at those, you can over at yourmoviefriend.com. Do you want the hints on those? <laughs> sure, but I'm batting a 1,000 right now. Well, you, you don't want to give it... Well, I guess you could get the point. If you guess it right now, you could get the point because it's up for grabs. Uh, one is one is my uh, my favorite uh, rom-com has a... Um, the, soundtrack, the soundtrack was done by an American Idol judge. That's my favorite rom-com. And then my favorite uh, unintentional comedy movie starred Sylvester Stallone and also somebody who was in The Walking Dead. So put those pieces together. All right, let's I, move on. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome I to got the distracted. First... I got distracted too because there's some comments that I I missed earlier, and it's like no theme song, no show. It was like, oh, that's so good. What a great line. I have to. That was good stuff. And then there's more questions coming in. I'm getting very distracted. I should probably stop looking at it. Carry I know on, there's, Aaron. There's, there's lots of questions. There's so many questions coming in that uh, that like I can't I can't find the questions like that. I, oh, there it is. Okay, there's there's the one we just did. Mm-hmm, All right. Mm-hmm. So there's good ones about sliced bread. I mean, we're if, on a roll, people. Okay. Yes. Keep those great questions coming in. <laughs> we'll, we'll get the hang of this. So the question that just popped up, you're gonna have to rewind to see the answer. All right. <laughs> we did that one. And then we'll move on to the second part, which we're going to talk television. Let's get into it, all right? What TV show is sucking you in right now? What are you really into right now that's on television? And today we're going to start with you because this was your idea to talk about television. Yeah, because I have this guilty pleasure. We'll talk um, about it. I, ha- I hadn't watched TV for like five, six years at one point, and then just a few years ago I got a television again. And I have slowly started to creep back into it, but I only watch on demand, which, side note, they could use a lot of work on on demand. Like, sometimes you'll have a show, and then they'll never show the finale. They'll skip over three or four episodes. They'll put them out of order. They'll change things around. They won't update stuff. So that's really, really annoying. But because I care so little about TV for the most part, it doesn't bother me too much. So, um, But my new favorite guilty pleasure because I feel guilty about liking it. It's called Kim of Queens, and I feel so wrong in saying that. <laughs> I really do. Um, but what I like about it, so this is a this is a show about pageants, right? I'm sorry, um, but 
it's from this really interesting perspective of this lady who owns like a pageant sort of, I don't know what you call it, like a school of some kind. And uh, she seems to really be interested in the girl's character more than anything related to superficial beauty. So that's why I got sucked in is because this woman named Kim is seems to be just a totally legit person. Um, and then in preparation for talking about it, I watched the most recent episode, which had her making the moms go through a pageant as well. And she really got onto the moms about, you know, you make these girls go up to the standard of beauty. And if you're not going to do it too, and you're not going to put yourself out there, how can you say that they should do it? So she really pushes them in a good way. So that's kind of my guilty pleasure TV show right now. So do you watch, do you find yourself when you're going through your demand, do you find yourself drawn to those reality shows? Do you watch, you know, do you give, like, I'm just curious how you, how you found, what is it? Kim Kim of Queens. Kim of Um, Queens. Yeah. Good question. It's on Lifetime. I do tend to go more towards those shows, and here's why. I love trying to pick apart how they overproduce people's lives. Like, <laughs> to me, it's really interesting that they do their very best to pull some kind of drama out of every single episode. And when you watch it in completion, there really wasn't a big deal in the first place. They just made it look that way with clever cuts. And so where that is also bothersome because people look up to these society people that don't actually exist and these stories that don't actually exist. And we kind of try to form ourselves as a culture to that, or at least some people do. They look up to that. Um, It's all fake. So I love watching it and trying to figure out how fake they make it. So I watch it for totally different reasons than I think I'm supposed to. It's more of like a psychological puzzle game to me. I think I think I, I would watch reality TV for that reason more than any other reason. I don't usually get into those type of reality shows. Mine are more like the ones I get into are more competition based like Survivor or Amazing Race. Uh, I enjoy those quite a bit. Um, I don't do the celebrity reality TV very much. It just uh, for whatever reason hasn't ever appealed to me. But um, Well let me tell you something that is really interesting. A trend that I having taken so much time off TV and then kind of coming back in and I don't even know what channel my television is on right now, just if it just turns on. But it's on a one where they show Kim Kardashian a lot, or Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which I don't watch. But while I'm like looking for something on a menu, it's playing in the background. And they play the same exact things over and over and over again, really building stuff up. And it, it it's really tragic um, to me that they really dig into people's lives and, and make it so, I don't know. I don't like that part of our culture where we really, uh, really push in on celebrities like that or people. We try to make them more than just regular people. And sure, they have extravagant lifestyles and things like that, but some of the way that they're producing those bits and, and making them seem like they're just really bad and then they get really good at the end just to make us emote. I mean, those are real people, and I feel like that's something that we should, as a culture, kind of stop watching, and yet at the same time I watch some of them because I'm very intrigued by the productions. Maybe I should just stop altogether. I don't know. <laughs> what, what about you, Cap? What are, what's sucking you in right now? Well, um, I, I, well I, was, I was just sitting here thinking, I was like, do I want to talk about reality shows? Because I don't like to tell people that I watch any reality at all. <laughs> um, but I, but I, I, will, I will get to that in a second because I want to speak to a couple of uh, interesting things Danae brought up. Uh, but but um, the, the show I'm watching the hardest right now is Arrow. Uh, partly because I do a, a podcast on that show, and uh, Eric and I started a, a regular podcast series on, on Arrow when it started last year. We weren't Eric, sure about it. Bow and Arrow? Arrow? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. Based on based on Green Arrow. It's a superhero show. It's on CW. Ooh. And uh, it's uh, it's it's Oliver Queen Green Arrow. The show is called Arrow. Arrow. He doesn't call himself Green Arrow yet in the show, but he has a mask now, so that's progress. Um, but uh, yeah, Arrow is fantastic. Arrow uh, started off a little rocky and uh, has really found its stride now. And it has something for everybody if you like uh, if you like action shows and if you like um, like uh, like kind of um, vigilante or pseudo spy thriller stuff. Um, like you don't have to be a comic book fan to like the show. And in fact, uh, in some ways, it kind of helps if you don't because more more things will surprise you. Uh, they are mining the well of DC Comics in a really in a really great way in that show. Uh, really building the DC universe um, from Green Arrow, which is something I never thought I'd see. It's really interesting. Uh, Green Arrow used to be a very uh, like kind of B-list sort of character, and he's really kind of taken the forefront lately. It's it's neat, and uh, so we're getting a lot of DC characters that weren't necessarily big uh, Green Arrow characters before, but that maybe you've heard of or that or that you know certainly comic fans have. Um, like like they've done uh, they've done Solomon Grundy now. Uh, they've done uh, there, there's a lot of talk right now about Raza Ghul. Like they're, they're doing Raza Ghul in Arrow. It's it's really neat. Uh, but the production values are fantastic, and in a lot of ways, it's what Smallville ought to have been. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a show that uh, you can take really seriously, but it's got it's got it's you know it's got a lot of levity. It's really funny and um, and, and fun. And Steve Amell has turned into quite the actor in that show. Um, so anyway, yeah, I'm super impressed with it. And I started watching it just because I felt like I had to because it's, it's a superhero show. And on my channel, people expect me to talk about superhero stuff. So of course I tried it out. And I did, I'm doing a show on it. Um, but I've fallen in love with it while while doing my my show on it. And uh, yeah, it's great. I really look forward to it every week now. Um, and it's one of those shows that is really good at having. Standalone episodes while simultaneously building on itself um, and 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 telling those big overarching stories. Right now, uh, this season, they're doing such a good job of uh, hitting beats way before you'd think they they would. Like they keep getting to places, episodes and episodes before you expected them to. You know, they'll, they'll set up a mystery. Two episodes later, it's done. You thought that would be I love that for the entire season, but you've already got it solved, and it's got so much more ground to cover. Uh, you're like, where could this possibly go from here? Surely they, they, they would have to be out of ideas if they're going to tell us that, that, that this quickly. Nope. Uh, they have surprised me almost every episode this season. And uh, yeah, so anyway, if you're not if you're not watching that, um, I think that's a really good uh, like like entry point too for non comic non DC comic fans to f learn about some kind of B lister uh, characters that because they keep bringing people in. Uh, Deathstroke is a huge character in that show. Deathstroke's getting more and more popular right now. So if you have no idea who that is, that, that's a good place to uh, to learn about Deathstroke because uh, they they play him pretty well and um, and they're also they're also pretty faithful uh, but putting their own spin on spins on characters. Uh, so anyway, yeah. That's great. Now, as far as reality TV show, TV shows go, I will say this here, and I don't know that I've ever or will ever talk about this on my channel, but um, everybody get closer to it's your an monitor. Exclusive. It's a your movie friend exclusive. I I watch Biggest Loser. That is a show I watch. Um, one thing that I really appreciate about that show is that they've gotten so far away from the drama on that show. Um, Didn't they? They did a good job. It started yeah, off where it was all about the drama and the voting for each other, and now they've really they separated it. Away from that, and, and, and that's why, you know, I thought about this, Danae, when you were talking about how a lot of reality shows feel the need to really play up the drama that's really there, and... This show, already as popular as it was, got rid of it and just makes it about, uh, A, people trying to make themselves better people, and B, uh, uh, the competition once you get to the end of the season. And you know what? It's not just as interesting 
It's more interesting, right? I have a question for you. I have a question. You can get rid of all that stuff, especially in a competition show. I'm sorry, go ahead. Did you notice, though, that it seemed to be... So when you have a unity in your team and you have, like, a common enemy or whatever, you get motivated, right? So it used to be about you know, an enemy within your team or an enemy within the, the ranch somewhere. Now it seems that the enemy is that red line. The yeah. enemy is the, that's the mathematical equation. And so it's interesting that this season also, the girl that beat the mathematical equation went really far to get there. Um, in fact, you know, maybe moving into, like, for the first time, we really saw somebody maybe go too far and a lose lot of too much weight. That. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that she got too thin. But it's because, I mean, do you think it's partially because they've made the enemy this math equation that you can beat, you know? So there, there's no yeah. common person to hate any longer. It's exactly. hate the system, <laughs> you know? That's just a matter of her doing whatever she wants to do. I, I, I have every confidence that they gave her the tools to gain back the weight she needs to and stay there. Uh, at that point, she was just playing a game. I really yeah. can't for that. Personally. That really didn't bug me. Uh, I think for the last couple of years on that show, uh, they, they they finally kind of fixed a problem they had, which was it being very at odds at itself with itself, trying to be a competition show where everybody is vying for a big prize and trying not to get kicked off, and a show about like like fixing the problems in your life and like so if the show is just about losing weight but also fixing the mental stuff. Why is it a competitive show in the first place? Why not just take 12 people, put them all on the ranch, leave them there the entire time, and then let them all lose a bunch of weight? And I think the way they fixed it is by making it about uh, turning these people into athletes. And so when you get to the end of it, I, I, the, the people that stay there are the people that are the best athletes. So you're losing weight, but you're also training to get from 300 pounds or wherever you were to really athletic. And I think that's how they fixed it. Yeah. I think um, in, a, in a different way, another show that has had that conflict that I think has solved it pretty well is Big Brother. I don't know if you've ever watched Big Brother. I've never watched They, have, they, they had this, this the, battle between two types. Say that again? Uh, I'm sorry. I, just, I never watched that for, for the, that very reason of too much drama. I don't care. Yeah, so they had this, this battle between a show that was about strategy and about you know really understanding the game and understanding people, and then the secondary show that was all about getting women in bikinis and playing games that involved mud wrestling. And you know when that show started, it was about kind of that lurid idea of looking in a house at people who don't know you're watch or who know you're watching them or whatever. And then they realized they had this really amazing strategy show, and so they've shifted focus to that. And it's better for it. It's better because they lost all that stuff that didn't matter to the real drama of the show, which is how do people play the strategy? How do they, you know, uh, form alliances? Those kind of things, which psychologically is the stuff I love in a lot of those shows. So, um, but I, I agree um, with you that Biggest Loser had to shift away from that to the show it needed to be, which was about you know health and finding who people are, and and so you know I think each show kind of has to to walk that that gauntlet for themselves and figure out you know what they're doing. What are you so watching, I Aaron? I didn't know we were getting into the reality TV, um, you know, show right now. But uh, for, sorry, it's just that got really interesting when she brought it up. So no, no, I totally agree. And you know, for me, actually, one that I considered talking about um, was American Idol because I think American Idol is back. I think Harry Connick Jr. is an incredible judge. Um, I think the the contestants this year are absolutely wonderful. I'm absolutely loving the show this year. So. 
Um, today, vehemently ah. disagrees. Wow, vehemently! <laughs> What's up, Danae? I'm one of those people that's judging it without watching it. What's wrong with that? <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Um, all kinds of things. So why, 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 what, what, is your, what is your problem with it? I haven't watched that show in years. I haven't watched it in a long, long time. If it's getting better, that's great. But I wonder if shows should peak and go. Peak and go. Peak and yeah. go. Peak and go. I'm just reminded. I'm I'm reminded this season yeah, of American right. Idol uh, why I enjoyed it when it started. You know, they're emphasizing some of the things that I really enjoyed when it started and getting away from just the you know the Simon Cowell thing kind of got played out and then mm -hmm. you know just and then after that it just became a love fest. And Harry Connick Jr. has just come on this panel and is giving like real musical advice to these kids that you know like real substance and stuff to work. Like he's teaching J Lo about concepts in music. You know, and it's just, it's this really neat thing where uh, the, the thing I love about um, Ben Folds being on the, the judging panel for the acapella show for the sing-off, Harry Connick Jr. is kind of bringing to American Idol, which is, don't talk down to me. I may not know what you're talking about, but you can educate me a little bit. You know, you can educate me on what, what a pentatonics really means, you know, what, what that kind of concept is in music. And I'm, I'm just really enjoying that. So that's not the one I decided to say I'm stuck on, though, because the one on my DVR that I go to immediately as soon as there's a new episode is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That show has me really? laughing like crazy. Oh, my goodness. Andy Samberg has found his place on television. This show is perfect for him, and the cast they put around him is so funny. Um, it is quickly competing with Modern Family and New Girl for me is, is the best yes. comedy on television. No. Yep. I didn't say it had surpassed yet, but for me, it is quickly competing with those two. They are the top you three. You can't say that. No one's allowed to say that. <laughs> so that's the one for me. You guys watch that at all? Have you seen that? I'm not a big comedy guy. Um, I kind of steer clear of TV sitcoms and stuff because they don't usually appeal to me. So um, if somebody if somebody shows me something and I'm like, okay, that's funny, I might try it out. But um, you know, like like uh, I watched How, How I Met Your Mother for a while. I kind of feel like that show lost its um, lost its appeal just because it was on too long. <laughs> um, but like, I'm not yeah, I'm not watching anything in the comedy realm. Question for you as the geek: Did you ever watch Big Bang Theory? Yeah, and um, it's got its moments, but it's not really for me. Um, like, uh, like every now and again, there'll be a joke with that show that really, really hits, but I kind of feel like it's playing too hard on... Uh, I feel like it's relying too much, especially these days, on stereotypes that kind of aren't exactly the case... I feel like it's it's kind of it's kind of latching on to what the way we looked at geeks 15 years ago uh, because that the culture's changing and I don't feel like that show's changing the culture. Yeah, for sure. Today, do you need to handle your dogs? Is that fine? I mean, I know you've given me a chance to handle. Are you calling me a bad kid. dog owner? No, 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 not at all. I'm just I'm asking. Joking. You need you need like a rolled Madeline. up newspaper or what? I don't know how that works. Having, I'm doing something here. here. Come say hello to everybody, Eric, Prince. Eric, having having said that, can I can I tell you my favorite joke from that show? Oh sure, yeah, go ahead. Uh, there's there's a there's an episode where uh, and somebody somebody showed me this because I was like oh biggest loser or biggest loser uh, oh, oh man big bang theory I don't want to watch this but um but uh, there was this joke that I thought was really funny where the girls decide to go to a comic book shop to try to understand their boyfriend's love for comic books and they they go into the comic shop and one of them asks the comic store owner uh, can you give us any advice. On, uh, on on comic books, and uh, he says, well, I can tell you not to open a store and try to sell them. <laughs> that, that was pretty good. good. That is good. Um, I have to say, and we'll, we'll move on to our review of the Lego movie now, but I have to say, 
these comments and questions are awesome, I are know, amazing. Right? And There's... I, I, I want to get to those. I want to make sure we have a nice chunk at the end to really kind of go through these. So if you're leaving questions, thank you so much. They're really, really good. Some of them are really funny. Also, I noticed in one of them, I have to apologize to Kim Koo. It's a dude. I think I said she or her because the Kim thing threw me off. So I apologize. Um, I, will, I will never mess that up again. Tisk tisk, Aaron. You, you know, never so. assume gender. I know, but see, but see, our pronouns, our stupid messed up pronouns, they're either male that's or true. female. We don't that's have true. to. Should I call them it? No, it that's even worse. That's even worse. You're right. Because it's imprecise. I hate it when people say them. It's That's not right either. Right. <clears throat> yeah. All right, so we will get on to the Lego Movie review. Of course, the Lego Movie came out about a week and a half ago, and to much critical fanfare, in fact, uh, getting a lot of great reviews. Um, and I wanted to see what we thought about it and talk about it. One thing I love about doing this with you guys, because I do... Sorry. No, go ahead. Um, one thing I love about doing this uh, with you guys is the fact that, you know, I review movies the weekend they come out, and I do like a little three-minute you know, kind of uh, review and put it up on YouTube. And I keep it very spoiler-free. I want it just to be, here's what you need to know about this movie to know if you want to see it or not. I don't want to ruin anything. But when I come and hang out with, with you guys, I get the chance to go a little more in-depth and not worry as much about spoilers because it's after the fact a little bit more. You know, a lot more of the people who, um, you know, who are watching maybe have seen the movie. Having said that, it's not like we're going to spoil anything purposefully, but it gives me a chance to talk a little more in detail about this stuff. And the Lego one is certainly one that I, I would love to talk some more in detail um, about. Denise went first last time. Uh, Cap, why don't you tell us, man, just right off the bat, what did you think of the Lego movie? Um, okay, I've seen it three times now, and I feel like I've now watched it enough to be able to say this. Uh, I haven't said this anywhere else yet. I feel like I, I can say this now. Uh, and the pun is intended here. The Lego movie is a family movie masterpiece. Oh, nice. snap. That's so good. What it is, man. Like, this is the best family movie I've seen in five years. And I'm I'm putting it above Monsters University, like like stuff I freaking love. This thing is at the top of my of my favorite movie list of the year so far. I haven't seen it obviously as much as Aaron has. I'm not sure what's gonna top it. Like like yeah, it's it's great. Uh it's not just hilarious, but like it's thought-provoking, and it's heartfelt, and it hit me in a place, man. Like, when the, the, uh, and this is tough to not, to not talk spoiler, um, especially because I've, I've seen it a lot. I keep picking up on more stuff. That's part of the thing that's really great about it, too, is that the more you see it. Oh, yeah. When I, the second yeah. time I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, like the thought they put into that, and how I didn't catch that the first time, and it's, yeah. it's really good stuff. I'm going to go this far. The foreshadowing in this movie is on the level of Fight Club. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great example. It's like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, um, let me say this about the spoilers with this movie. I think, I think there's one very specific, probably, spoiler that, that uh, comes towards the end that is one that you're talking about. Maybe we'll, we'll give a big spoiler alert and talk about that section, that end section. Um, here in a little bit. I'll put up a spoiler alert question. How about that? Well, there's a great question on the side that relates to that that I really... Oh, okay. We'll use that for a spoiler alert. And Yeah, we really need to address that, but we can't without spoiling the ending. So, yeah. Anyway, I I can talk some more as we go along. I've already reviewed this movie at length, uh, so whoever's turn it is totally cool. I'll go ahead and and, uh, and go next and really just echo pretty much everything you said. I mean, especially if we're just giving general thoughts. 
uh, this movie blew me away. And I think what it was was, like you said, not just that it was the art was beautiful and you know it was fun and hilarious and the voice acting was dead on. You know all those things you look for in a in a computer generated movie. Um, it was also that heart. I was not expecting to get hit so hard in my in my heart on this one, you know, and it just kind of nailed me on several levels uh, about what it means to create, about what imagination is, about, you know, what it means to uh, grow up and uh, start misperceiving imagination and creation and to start, you know, becoming kind of hardened to things that you were just so open to as a child. Um, you know, there's just, there's just this beautiful message uh, in there that really kind of caught me off guard. So I know that's pretty much exactly what you said, Kat, but I had the same exact reaction. I was most surprised by the humor of everything. Um, I laughed out loud so many times during this movie, which I love. I love being so struck in humor that I abandon trying to like make sure that I'm being appropriate for anyone else around me and just laugh really, really loudly. Um, and at one point, I think I laughed when I wasn't supposed to. I can't remember exactly. Oh, no, that was at church earlier in the day. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I accidentally laughed when everyone was really quiet. It was really embarrassing. So I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a side note. Um, it's not so, as likely to happen in the Lego movie. It's kind of... Oh, it was so good. Yeah. But I think what was the most surprising about the humor is that it was like a self-aware humor. Like it was just like perfection in that and it was like somebody saying somebody to someone else, you're just really terrible at that. And that's okay. You can work on it, but you're really bad at this right now. And just that kind of gut level honesty, uh, it's a child's honesty in a way that I really love. It's just so exactly what they're saying. I love I can't explain it very well, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it was really, really funny and I really liked this movie a lot. Do we want to talk about you mentioned the humor. Do we want to talk about some of our favorite funny parts? I mean, were there oh, yeah. parts that, that you want to bring up and mention? I mean, yes. uh, just so I can share those with you. Pick me, pick me first. Go ahead, Danae. Danae oh, Hughes. Danae Hughes. Okay, there's this one part where um so there's this guy, right? He's like this normal character. He's just this construction worker. He doesn't have any friends. He thinks he does, but he doesn't. And anyway, he becomes like this guy that's going to save this entire Lego universe, right? And so he's just been rescued by a super hot chick. They've gone to the super knowledgeable Lego man, and they go inside his mind, and it's just totally blank. There's nothing upstairs. And the dialogue in that moment was so hilarious. And one of the things he said is that most of the time whenever they find someone that's a master builder, they have to work for years at clearing out their mind, but he had nothing to start with, so it's going to be a lot easier. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm sure God feels like that sometimes, you know, where he's just like, okay, i got to clear all this out. Oh, never mind, there's not really a lot in there right now. <laughs> I kind of actually related to that statement <laughs> where I'm like, maybe I'm keeping my mind too clear. I should probably put some stuff up inside of it every once in a while. So I loved that part. I thought that was one of the funniest parts of the whole film. Danae, I think that is that is maybe the best line in the entire movie. I loved it so one much. One of them, and of course, like Morgan Freeman's got a lot of funny things to say, um, especially when he's a ghost. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, but yeah, the the line the line because I remember I, I remember this now word for word because it's so funny. Your mind is so prodigiously empty <laughs> that there was nothing to clear out in the first place. <laughs> Genius. 
Oh, the 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 way that the cadence of the humor is, the intelligent wording of it all, it's very much for all ages. It was so good. Yeah, I I loved so much of that. I loved I loved the way um each of the characters kind of had their own issues dealt with in funny ways. I just I just yeah, there was so much good stuff. Any of the voice acting, you mentioned Morgan Freeman, any other of it kind of stand out to you guys as being, you know, uh, exemplary? I really well, like Batman. Real quick, can I say my, my 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 funniest thing? Oh yeah, go for it, go for it. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's no, that's fine. It's just she got to do hers, and I want to do mine. Um, <laughs> one one of the best gags in the movie is uh, the way that uh, the, the the way that President Business keeps renaming real life items that he finds, and uh, and he he has this he has this trophy room of all this stuff, and there and and he uses them. I thought it was really cool, by the way, the way that they functioned uh, in the narrative, where like they're all secret weapons, and there's like a golf ball that he uses at one point that like wreaks havoc across you know an entire landscape. Um, but the best one of those was the sword of exact zero. <laughs> I love that so much. Remind me of like a gaming sword. It's like a gaming sword. It's something that you'd see in a you know World of Warcraft update. You know, it was amazing. And the uh, the, the the polish remover of Nile. <laughs> <laughs> hey Jason, what was your favorite part? Um. Did you have a favorite part? Yeah. He's seen it twice now. Um. Okay, we'll get back to you. <laughs> I loved, um, I loved the imagination of all that stuff. I loved, yeah. Oh man, ah, I can't because that's in the the spoiler section. Do we just kind of want to talk about? Should we tell people to mute for what, like two minutes while we while we talk about the end? I have to because I just don't know how else we can talk about that. I'll all right, keep if, a timer. All right, yes, do that, Danae. Uh So, what should we give ourselves? Three minutes. Yeah. All right. We're going to give ourselves three minutes to talk about the end of this movie. If you haven't seen it and you don't want spoiled, go ahead and just mute us for about three minutes. Danae's going to start that timer right now. Got it? Uh, so at the end of this movie, we not only go into the real world, but we find out that this entire creation is this creation of this kid. And what I was going to say about the imagination of this, he's got this tube that sends our little Lego guy back into the Lego world. For whatever reason, that moment in the movie was my favorite moment. It was this idea that, you know, we all have this portal at our disposal at any time to enter into these worlds and to enter into these, you know, creative universes. And, you know, I just, I don't ever want to forget that I have that and have that ability. And I just thought that was really cool because you see him fall out of the Lego universe and then you realize that it's actually part of what this kid is doing to create this place. I just love that. Yeah, that was a really good part. That entire sequence, um, I like too that, you know, the movie starts off and the prophecy is about the man upstairs and things like this, you know, and, and you're kind of assuming that it's a reference to God, but in actuality it's this young child's representation of, you know, parenthood and rules and regulations, and he names um, the dark forces in his world, things like micromanage, and, you know, there's all this stuff that says that as as <clears throat> as adult people we want to have, you know, um, systematic and predictable and comfortable environments, and he was really just trying to break against that and have a good time. Uh, so I loved that we got to see, too, the kind of synchronicity of both worlds that were happening at the same time. That was a really fun. Uh, that was a really fun break from reality. 
Uh, I really like how simple the whole thing turns out to be. Uh, I'm watching the whole movie thinking that it's this uh, big social satire. And ultimately, and all that stuff's in there, and it's hilarious. I, I, it's really over-the-top satire um, about, uh, you know, over, uh, uh, like, like, uh, like governmental and also um, big business takeover stuff. But then you get to the end, and uh, it's, he's not president business because of big business. He's president business because his dad is all business. And I love that. It, it, it becomes uh, uh, all about the, this, this dad and this kid. And uh, the entire story is ultimately this very personal, intimate thing about a dad and this kid. And I'm a sucker for father-son stories. I think, too, for me, the, maybe what made the movie's humor even take a backseat um, is that this revelation of being special, that it was for everybody... Um, if it's, a, it's an individual thing, it's a special thing, like you share that with a moment, it, it's like it encourages you to turn to somebody and say, you are special, you do have something in your life, and that it's not something that maybe you feel all the time, but you need to, you need to tell somebody that, and that's really something I loved was watching these Lego characters just sort of like expand, like, oh my goodness, I'm important, because someone's paying attention to me and telling me that I'm important, and so he needed to hear that from his dad, and then also, the dad needed to hear that from him, too. And I loved that part. That twist at the end was so perfect. We are coming up on exactly... How much time do we have? Hold on a second. I, I cleared out my app, right? That's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> three minutes and 18 seconds. Oh, no. What have I done? <laughs> we got a lot said in three minutes, dude. Uh, I'm so sorry if you well... listened too long and you heard my special thing. <laughs> <laughs> I will say... Um... You know, without without spoiling anything, since we're out of spoiler territory now, I did not think that twist at the end when I initial when it initially happened. Those first few seconds, I thought, "Oh no, no, I don't like this," and it turned me very quickly uh, to this is the greatest thing ever. Um, I, I, I I was just like, "No, no, 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 no!" I was loving this movie. Why are we doing this? And then within you know thirty seconds, I was like, "Oh, I get it now." This is amazing. And the beauty of it is you don't know that it's doing that the entire movie. Like, when you go back and watch it again, you realize that it, it, it is working toward that the entire film from the very beginning. It um, really is. It's phenomenal. That second viewing is phenomenal. Again, with, uh, and, and everybody that loved it, be sure to watch it again because it's... It, you you will you will notice so much stuff you did in the first time, but you but also uh, uh, there's a lot of you know there's a lot of layered stuff. Like I've seen it three times, and I picked up a lot more even on the third time. Um, like like even thematic stuff that I hadn't really picked up on the first. It's a dense movie, and um, one of the things that's really cool again without giving anything else, anything away really is um, when when he touches the uh, piece of resistance and gets the mind dump and uh, like the like the data dump and uh, and uh, vision. Like is talking yeah he has this vision um, all of the stuff that you discover in the third act it's all in that vision yeah uh, it is I know uh, it's incredible I noticed even more of it the second the the the, uh, the, the third time uh, like like there's a there's a thing that's said at the end of it that tells you everything, but you'd never know it until you see it a second time. It's genius. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's absolutely I'm a one-time seer. Before we move on to the next thing, we were talking about voiceovers earlier and like who our favorite voiceover yeah. was. My husband said, anytime I can hear the voices of Morgan Freeman and Liam Neeson, it's a good movie. 
That's straight from him in the theater. He loved Liam Neeson's character so much, which is the little, he's the bad cop, good cop. I had a weird experience at the theater yesterday. I got to mention this. I did, I did kind of a double feature yesterday. I went to Lego Movie again, but then I went and saw Robocop. And so I saw pretty much the entire cast of Batman Begins within two movies. It was, <laughs> it was plus Michael Keaton, so there's a little bit of 89 in there too. And uh, yeah, so anyway, I just want to throw that out there. That was a weird experience. It's a lot of Batman. Yeah. Um, I, love, I love so much of the voiceover work. Uh, I can't imagine anybody other than Chris Pratt doing that main part. He was so great. Um, Will Arnett as Batman, I thought was perfect. Um, I just, I just think they just did a great job. They did the, see, they did the Pixar thing where you cast people based on the character of their voice, not on their name recognition. I wasn't and thinking of the actors most of the time. Exactly. It exactly. a little bit, but I think in a way I was supposed to. Like I kind of got the sense that in the larger reality of the thing, maybe that was on purpose. I'm being cryptic, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. How many times has Morgan Freeman played the magical black man, right? Yeah. The typical magical black man that comes in and, and, and knows everything and has superpowers, and then something happens to him at the end, right? Like, like it's that formula. You have to do that. Oh. So, you know, I was thinking, like, he, I mean, he's played God, you know. Um, the narrator of March of the Penguins. Yeah. That was epic. Yeah. Um, one more thing before we move on to taking questions, which I'm really excited for. Uh, I wanted to ask if there was anything that you picked up on that you didn't like about this movie. Rave reviews all across the board. We all love it. What was there, if there was, that you picked up on and went, eh, I didn't quite buy that or like that? The previews. Right, moving on. The previews. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm going to disagree with you, but we don't have to get into that. <laughs> Mine was about lemurs. I thought it was a genius marketing campaign. I'll just oh, yeah. throw that out there real quick because uh, because uh, it doesn't tell you anything about what's what's deeper behind it. Oh, it did you mean? Hey, it's Legos. Did you mean Lego movie previews or the previews before you had to watch the movie? Before you got to watch the movie. The second one. Oh, uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant like the previews for the actual film. And I was no, like, no, no. I knew it. Should, I, it was like having to sit through previews sorry. to get to it was the worst part. You're fine, because now I'm trying to go back and remember the previews, and I don't remember the previews either. I thought it was genius that they sold that movie on superheroes, and then Batman doesn't take over. I thought that was yeah. really cool. Because, I mean, they did a really good job of getting people in the theater and then giving them totally not what they expected. And it's so much more satisfying than if we had gotten the movie that they sold us. Like, you don't always have to sell exactly the movie that you're going to. What's important is to get us in the seats, right? Like, I don't, think I, I don't think I would have wanted to know what it was thematically getting at before I got there. No, absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, speaking of Batman, since I didn't mention a specific funniest part... Uh, I will mention that uh, his running gag about, right, like, you know, now a ship's just going to come out. Oh, come on! That, that was, was so fun. Oh, my goodness. He did that a couple times. It just killed me. So. Okay, so we're to questions now for reals? Yeah. Um, Cap, did you have something you wanted to mention that maybe... Uh, yeah, we haven't been especially critical, and I, I mean, it is a critically great movie. Um, there is, a, and I have to be a little bit critical, uh, a little bit cryptic about this. There is a, there is a bit in the third act with that big reveal where uh, they spell too much out to the audience, and I didn't really care for that. Um, Aaron, I'll tell you what I mean afterwards because I can't, I can't really. But like, well, you sure. were talking earlier. You were talking about your favorite part when he goes back through the thing. Yeah. 
right before that, there's a really cool reveal of something that was mentioned earlier that they finally show us, mm-hmm. and then they have to have him say it again. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, just give it to us and then move on. Like, like, like the, the movie does such a good job of giving its audience credit the rest of the movie. Don't spell that out for us. You're there's all a really, there's like, a, like we're smarter than this. So that was the only thing that really bugged me. I really, I think it's going to be really hilarious when we talk later, and I admit to you that I didn't catch it the first time, but I got it the second time, and I was one of those people. If it's the same thing, I don't even know if it's the same thing, but if it is the same thing, I was like, oh, that's what it was. But, but the nice thing is the movie is so much fun that the majority of people are going to want to go back and watch it again. And I definitely yeah, want to, for sure. You can't necessarily know that when you're making the movie. It's probably not a good idea to be arrogant enough to just go, well, everybody's going to like this, so they'll watch it again and they'll pick up on that stuff. At the same time, that's the sort of thing that it's not that big of a deal if you don't entirely get it the first time. Like, don't spell it out for us. You'll get it on at least a second viewing. And there's a number of other things like that that I didn't get until I watched it a second time, and it was more satisfying to watch it a second time. So, yeah, don't do that. I hate <laughs> do that. But luckily, it only did it in that one place, so. You know, my only criticism uh, after I watched it the first time, and it's when I talked about my review, is that it is so manic that, that first, especially that first half of the movie, I feel like I missed a lot. Like, the, um, the audience was laughing, and so I'd miss a secondary joke or... You know, and it, and it, and I even mentioned it for parents that aren't used to that kind of energy. That you know, for kids, they're gonna love that. But for some parents, it might be a little bit much. But after watching it the second time, I'm almost taking that negative back. I just, I, I, I feel like that. I feel like that's why the humor works so well is because yeah. they faced it that way. I don't think that I, um, because I watched your review before I went to go see it because I knew you weren't gonna spoil anything. But um, I didn't feel that way. In the in the movie, actually, I really enjoyed the pace. So I don't know. Yeah, I Aaron, um, I had what you had in that I was surprised by how frantic it was, but I caught like like I caught up to it real quick. Um, yeah, I, I guess so, I was just more surprised by it than anything. But I think that was part of the drive. It's like that's the systematic drive. You know, as a society, you get up, you go to work, you do these things, you you be good. You you know, it's like really pushing that point. So well, I really yeah. think that that was part of it. Yeah, and if you notice, part of the point with that was like you know with like the buying the overpriced coffee stuff, and then with like the yeah. like with and like a the next thing, the on, the next thing. Him him on the news like like uh like uh, really blatantly saying horrible things, and nobody notices because they're moving so fast, mm-hmm. and and uh, they keep distracting you with the next thing. Like like isn't it easier to control people if you take away their attention? Yep. That's kind of what I was taking from it. And I really like. Play the pace that way too for us, because the thing is, they are showing us all kinds of stuff that they're not really going to make totally clear until the end of the movie, and we're distracted also. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So I put up another question to finish us off with the Lego movie, and I hey, could you tell me how to pronounce your name? Because it's in like Cyrillic, and so I'm just not sure. Like, is there an English way to pronounce that? But uh, they said so. Everything in the Lego movie is awesome. And everything yes. is. Awesome. Everything is awesome. I'm so impressed that you could do a, that. Somebody made a movie with a song called "Everything Is Awesome." They get stuck in my head for weeks and weeks. Look, and weeks look. I know it well, and it really is. These are my notes from the. Everything <laughs> is indeed awesome. I actually <laughs> wrote it on my notes. So. Very nice. Well, that can that can lead us into the next question because we're going to start knocking out these questions now. This uh, certainly applies. This is from uh, Sir Frank the Third. Uh, do you take a notepad to the movies, or do you just remember all the points you want to make while watching a movie? Danae, since you just showed that you do take notes, tell us a little bit about your process now that you're reviewing movies. 
the first two movies I've seen with the critic, the geek, and the girl, I took in a pad and a pen. I realized I shouldn't use a clicky pen. I need to bring in like a felt tip pen or something like that. And so I did that the second time. The third time, um, I did not bring anything in with me, and I made all of my notes afterwards. I'm not sure which one I like better. But I think because the Lego movie was so fun, I didn't want to write anything down. I just wanted to keep watching it. What do you do, Cap? Uh, I usually do everything entirely cold. I take no notes whatsoever and uh, say whatever comes off the top of my head. A lot of that is years and years of writing copious notes and being pretty good at organizing my thoughts in my head. Uh, sometimes I will try to jot some things down after the movie. The thing is, uh, I would feel more prepared because I'm not as good off the cuff uh, in, 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 in conversation as I am writing because I'm a writer. Uh, so, like, like I... In a perfect world, I would take in a pad and paper and I would be writing notes down. The two reasons I don't is because A, mm-hmm. I just a lot of the time I can't see well enough to, to see what I'm doing. And B, uh, you know, because like, what I love to do is sit at the top and bring my phone and, and type, but like, you can't really get away with that. But the other thing is, I. Uh, when I uh, when I start making notes, this is just me and my personal habits. I can't stop. I'm such a like copious, detailed note taker that like I'm not looking at the screen enough. Like I can't just sit there and write down five notes. I'm gonna be writing down things constantly, and uh, then all I'm doing is listening to the movie and I miss things. So you need to take somebody yeah, with you. That's why I don't. When, when I when I when I do a when I take notes for superhero rewind, it takes me about four hours sometimes to watch a two-hour movie because I pause a lot and write stuff down. So yeah, I, yeah. That's that's the um, that's the balance that I that I find the hardest. I do take notes, um, but really only a few, like only ones that I'm, I'm I'm worried I might not remember later, and so I'll jot down a few words to remind me because I don't like looking away from the screen as much as I can help it. Um, because, you know, you can miss stuff, and I, I don't, you know, I want to make sure I'm taking in what they are showing me. Having said that, I do use my phone. I sit in the back row so I don't bother anybody, and uh, oftentimes I'm the only person in the theater anyway because I go in the afternoons. Yeah, I wish um, I had that, yeah. I and, tried to do that thing, too, where you said, you know, you want to look at the screen, so um, my handwriting on, like, Labor Day is really bad because I'm not <laughs> even... <laughs> like, I'm like, what did I say here? Great cinema... Tographs? What is this? I love cinematographs. <laughs> Me too. They are so much better than line graphs, man. Like whenever <laughs> I've got to figure out my numbers and, and and figure out like charts and stuff. No, cinematographs. That's the way to go. So I I, I do take notes and I, and then I always sit there during the credits and try to remember other things and I'll I'll jot those down. But usually during the movie, like I'll I'll take two or three bullet points uh, that I want to make sure I remember. Whether it's a clever play on words that strikes me that I may not, you know, be able to hold on to or something like that. So, just wait. Um. Oh. Uh. Let's see. Kim Koo, uh left another question. He asked, Danae, did you see the preview about the lemurs in Madagascar? Is that what you were talking about? The that's being narrated by Morgan Freeman as well. I did. I did see that. I did see the little cute little lemurs, and I listened to all the kids go, oh, and then I'm like, uh oh, they want one for Christmas already. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, this one, uh, actually, you can plus one these questions, apparently, because this one has risen to uh, the top, so we'll go ahead and select it. This is from Steve. Steve says, how do you feel about cliffhangers? Do you think we are focusing too much on the sequel and not enough on telling a story? Uh, leaving room for more is fine, but it takes me out of the rest of the experience if the film doesn't tell a complete story like Thor The Dark World. What do you think about that? 
we kind of covered this pretty hard on our last show, I think. Um, my my big my big uh, issue sometimes with cliffhangers is if you're not telling an entire story uh, in your first movie, then the next one ought to come out sooner than two three years down the road. Uh, if you told a complete story and then there is a cliffhanger in that there's like a little scene at the end that sets us up for more, as long as I got a resolution for the story you told me, I'm fine with that. Even if another movie's never made, I don't really care. That's that's my answer. And then did you have a thought? Cliffhangers um, in movies are okay. Um, cliffhangers for like television stuff, I think, are sometimes a little silly because a lot of people just watch them straight to the next one, and so then they have to rebuild the energy again on the next episode. So I think that maybe cliffhangers in TV should sort of begin to evolve more to sort of what Captain was talking about earlier which is, you know, resolve your storylines a little sooner than people anticipate and then build in different arcs that you can kind of bring in. It's like a multiple solar system inside of each entertainment thing. So it just it kind of depends on how it's built. Anything, anything in a movie or a television show that reeks of audience manipulation to me is going to turn me off. Right. Tell your story. You have a story to tell. Tell it in the best way it can be told. It is one of the reasons I have a difficulty with a lot of reality television is they do that kind of junk between commercial breaks. Yeah. They'll send you to a commercial break with some stupid cliffhanger that isn't really a cliffhanger, and then they'll spend the first 60 seconds of after the commercial telling you everything you just saw before you went to commercial. And it's like, I'm trying to watch a story here. You're not, you don't have to manipulate me into watching through commercials. If your product's not good enough, I'm going away anyway. If it's good, I'll be here. I want to hit a button. Well, a lot of the time it's padding. It's like, well, we didn't have enough. Inf- we didn't have enough material for 60 minutes in the first place, and so we've got to we've got to pad that out by continually showing you scenes you've already seen. I've gotten to the point with Biggest Loser where any time before commercial, they try to make me think that the person didn't lose very much weight. I can tell that it's going to be a huge number, and by, and and uh, and the opposite is also true. If they try to make me think that uh, everybody's going to be really that, that, that like uh, they, they did great, it's going to be a really low number. Um, like like uh, like they're making it predictable by pretending like it's not. It's really irritating. It yeah. really is. I totally agree. Should uh, we do another one? Yeah, let's. We'll keep working through them. Um, let's see. Uh, if you guys have ones you like, let me know. I can select them. I just selected this other one from Steve. Would you agree with some of the assessments that the Lego Movie is a more meta Toy Story? Yes. Sure. Is yeah. it a more meta Toy Story? Yeah. I uh-oh. Remember the first time I heard somebody say, this is what version, and I, I totally agree. I think it's it's beautiful in that way. It's yes? Been a long no? Time. It, it's just been a long time since Danae? I've seen Toy Story. Am I there? Am I here? Hello? Yeah, you're, you're, you're here. Anyone, anyone out there? We're getting some lag from you, uh, Aaron. That's all. Um, I think that... Um, I, lo- I loved Toy Story, but to be honest, I, like, peeled out. I haven't seen anything other than the first Toy Story, so it's been a while for me. Sorry. Three's great. I mean, keep going. I've heard, and I would like to actually see them all uh, when the time comes, but I don't push it for movies. Yeah, I, what's I nice... Haven't... Sorry. No, go ahead. What's nice about Lego Movie is that it's not Toy Story. I mean, like, like I, I, th- I think it, it, it could have... Uh, 
it, it could have run into the, that. It could have had that risk, you know, like like, like it could have run into that problem. Um, no, they're very very different things. The way in which it's a lot like Toy Story is that it gains a lot of credibility by using um, real stuff. Uh, one of the things that Toy Story really had going for it is that it made characters out of things that you'd seen before. Mr. Potato Head is just a character in it, but like we all play with Mr. Potato Head. Um, the Lego Movie does exactly the same thing, but the you the the way the realities are done is entirely different. Uh, which which is uh, which is why it felt so fresh. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, oh, I I like this this question from uh, Kim Koo. Go tell. Can Which we ask the next one? At the, it says, have you ever watched a TV show that you liked but eventually got canceled? I love this question because the answer is yes. Oh, Pushing yeah. Daisies was my... I loved that show so very much. Firefly, oh my goodness. I totally loved it. And then I, I was like, maybe I have the kiss of death. Is it, is I always, it my friends always accuse me of having the kiss of death. Every time I would tell them about a great new show, it'd get canceled. Uh, and Firefly and Pushing Daisies are two of them. Another one was one called Wonderfalls, oh. which, ironically enough, is very similar to the Lego movie and kind of what it deals with. It deals with talking, you know, tchotchkes in this woman's, you know, life, and is she, is, is she imagining it, or is it real? Um, so, yeah, there have been several shows for me that, that got canceled. Cap? Yeah, here, here's here's just a few of mine. A journeyman is a big Kevin McKidd. Uh, we haven't seen much from Kevin McKidd except for voiceover work since then. And, uh, I, I, I miss that guy. I think he's a really great actor. Uh, he was in Rome, and then uh, he was he was uh, he, he thirteen episodes of Journeyman. It was a really neat time, time travel show. A I lot of loved people, Journeyman. Loved Journeyman. While we're tapping him for uh, hoping that he would get tapped for Thor, um, he's he's a really cool actor. And um, that came out the same year as Chuck. It was on. There was a Monday Night lineup where you had this is in 06, uh, where you had Chuck, you had uh, Journeyman, maybe it was 07. And 07, because it was second season of Heroes. You had Chuck, you had Journeyman, then you had Heroes. Um, another one for me is uh, Birds of Prey, uh, the the uh, the show on the uh, on the CW. I think it was CW at that point already um, about uh, the um, ladies in the Batman universe. And um, it uh, a lot of people didn't like it. Um, it was a little bit uh, it was a little hokey, but it wasn't any hokier than Smallville. Uh, I really liked it and, and wished it hadn't gotten canceled. And then a big one for me is the 4400. Uh, did you ever watch that show, Aaron? No, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to see it, but you liked it. Yeah, 4400 was show ran by Iris Stephen Bear, who was one of the showrunners of uh, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, and uh, he is a brilliant sci-fi storyteller. Um, if you ever see Iris Stephen Bear, by the way, he always has um, a, a uh, he colors his beard blue. He's a very strange guy. He has a blue beard. And um, anyway, uh, uh, that show went for four seasons, but it ended on a huge cliffhanger that was setting up for the most interesting thing they would have done in that show, and then it ended. Uh, I heard that there were some novels, I haven't read them, that were made after that, that finished out the story, and they also ended on a cliffhanger and then didn't finish. So I'm never going to read them because I don't want to have to, to deal with it. Anyway, um, that's a that's a really interesting like present day kind of sci-fi show um, about people with superpowers, uh, but done in a very different way than Heroes or anything else like that. Yeah, I um, I have uh, since we're talking reality television. Also, The Mole was one that I used to love when it was on just the regular Mole for a couple seasons. Then they did Celebrity Mole, and it lost a lot for me. 
Then they tried to bring it back as the regular mole, and that's an interesting new thing with shows that get canceled, is they're much more willing to bring stuff back these days. Yeah. It's really incredible. When I think of as Futurama, when Futurama got canceled, I was so bummed because I loved it, and then they brought it back, and I've enjoyed watching it. Now it's gone again. I think they just finished up you know, their final season. And they made a big deal out of, we're done now. We're not, we're not doing them. this again. We're done. Insert right. joke about but sports I, I like guy that, that retired here. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, there's there was an article this week in Entertainment Weekly, Aaron. I don't know if you uh, if you read that. Um, that was that was talking about this very phenomenon and shows that I uh, that people are considering bringing back. And uh, there were interviews with um, with uh, several uh, showrunners of old TV shows, that including got including Firefly, right? Including Firefly, including Chuck, uh, yeah, yeah, a number of things. And and the reason is because uh, they're bringing back Veronica Mars. And uh, the, the, she was on the uh, cover of Entertainment Weekly this week. She's getting, I don't know if that's, an, if that's a uh, Netflix relaunch. I think maybe it is. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, she's coming back. And uh, so there's a lot of talk about other shows that maybe might get brought back at some point. Uh, a lot of Trekkies right now really pushing for a Netflix uh, Star Trek relaunch and stuff like that. So I, I think we're likely to see some of these shows come back. And it's exciting. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And sometimes it works, and you know maybe sometimes it doesn't. But it's it's really cool to see what the risk with a show that ended really prematurely. I think. Yeah, and Arrested Development's another one that came back. You know that nobody ever thought would ever have another season. So it, it happens, and I think that's a good thing overall. Did you guys see any more questions you wanted to answer before we kind of finish up here? I like all of them, but unfortunately, I'm feeling a little bit like throat stuff, so I'm going to just kind of pull back. I feel good about our show today. Yeah. <laughs> I feel good about it, right, guys. We'll I think we did a good job. We will finish because a couple people kind of asked a similar question. We'll finish with this one. What are the worst films you guys have seen this year on the 2014 season? Um, that's probably uh, mainly geared towards me because I see everything, but but Cap, I know you probably put Labor Day in that. <laughs> in that yeah, I didn't like Labor Day. That, that's that's probably the one for me right now, just because I haven't seen enough this year. Um, yeah, I think so far most of what I've seen I kind of like, but the problem is I've spent I spent a lot of the beginning of the year catching up, so a lot of what I've seen this year is 2013 stuff. So yeah, I've only seen maybe three or four years, three or four movies that were put out in 2014. I have three movies. Uh, that got a D or no four movies that had a D or below so far this year in just the first you know month and a half. Oopsie. So in those movies, in particular order of going downwards, Vampire Academy, Endless Love, The Nut Job, and Devil's Do. Devil's Do may be one of the worst movies I've ever seen in the history of mankind. And I gotta tell you, having seen the previews for all four of those movies, none of those look like movies that had any chance of being worth watching. Oh, they're they're just awful. You know? I mean, like I try to go into stuff with an open mind, but those were movies that I would not have gone under my own free will if I could help it, man. Like, how do you even call a movie Endless Love? There is not a more <laughs> title than that. Like, I'm so glad that you that, that that at least one person I know has seen that and has said that it wasn't very good because now I feel a little bit more vindicated and at least saying I didn't see it, but that title, man, no. There is no more cliche movie than that movie. The movie they have. Do you know what a meat cute is? Have you heard the phrase meat cute? I don't know what no, I don't know what that means. It's the Hollywood phrase for how the people who are supposed to fall in love meet, and they have to meet in this cute and quirky way. They call it the meat cute. And the meet cute for this couple is that she drops her books and they touch hands picking them up together. Like is That's there any more cliche away to meet? That's worse than dude gets hit by a car so the girl <laughs> saves and falls in love. No! 
Oh my god, that's really? Yes, that is really how they meet and fall in love. Yes. And I've fallen in love so many times that way, you guys. <laughs> I mean, or like somebody drops a pen and, and our little pinkies touch. It's I'm I'm done. How, how I'm do you in. do that and be serious? Dude? I'm endless love. I oh endlessly love There's all the time. There's a part of me that wants to see it just so I can spin an entire video going, no! <laughs> yeah, well, and like I said, that was the movie that, that I asked what's the most, uh, you know, your favorite unintentional comedy, because I laughed through that whole movie, and that was not <laughs> what they intended. So. Well, I feel bad because I didn't see it, but, oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. We'll do this here again in a couple weeks. Um, we'll chat about some more stuff. Thanks for joining us. I had a great crowd. Some great questions. Again, yeah, we'll get thanks, the guys. we'll get the event page up about a week ahead of time. So if you want to leave questions, many of these questions were left before the live event even started. So thank you for doing that. And if we didn't get your question, I apologize. Um, and I don't know if it shows like if I delete questions or not. I had to do that a little bit to kind of keep the questions you know where I needed them to play. So don't feel like I deleted your question because it was bad. If you can tell. Um, it was just because we had to kind of organize. So thanks for tuning in, and you know, for the geek and for the girl, this is the critic, and uh, go build something with Legos, right? <laughs> Bye. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.